these families have lost photo albums, wedding dresses, their kids' clothes, their, their baby shoes. That stuff could be all gone in a heartbeat. We can get all the money in the world for that, but you can never replace some of that stuff. And I think as an industry, we all need to do a lot better with empathizing with the clients because you just imagine going home tonight and your stuff just obliterated, right? And no amount of money in the world is going to get that back. So it's a very emotional draining. And then add the fact that it's going to go on for a year and you have to fight for every nickel. You can just imagine the toll it takes internally and emotionally and all the, and physically as well on, on the clients. Welcome to episode 138 of the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we have Jack Hanks with Velocity Public Adjusting. And this episode was super fascinating to me. Not only did we dive into the client experience and just the importance of empathy as we, we speak with our clients you know, through our business, but even the public adjusting. I've dealt with many clients through that restoration and insurance process. And having not known about Jack or his firm or even public adjusters in general to the benefit they bring to us as clients, to our clients, to our network. You know, there's so much value there as a liaison between us and the insurance company that sometimes isn't looking for our best interest. And then, of course, he's grown this company. This wasn't his original business. He started it. He's grown it, just his strategies and becoming a thought leader in, the, in his industry and what he's done to grow that. Great content, great information. Without further ado, let's get started. So I'm Brad Levitt, president of AT Construction, and today we have Jack Hanks with us. So welcome, Jack. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. We're uh, we're excited to talk about what we do. So, yeah, you know, one thing we've never broached, and and just a little background: Jack is the president and CEO of Velocity Public Adjusting, and we've never really gone down the road in depth as far as you know insurance, public adjusting, claims, um, even even from the workers' comp, which is not really what we're going to talk about today, or like the general contracting side. But I think for those listening, just to kick this off, to give a little background before we dive into the meat of this, Jack, like. You know, public adjusting, what is that? So, yeah, nobody knows about us until they until they need it, right? It's one of those things. <laughs> right? So, as a public adjuster... That's typically how it goes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're, li- we're a licensed adjusting firm. So, our job is to represent the insured to ensure that we give them a level playing field when they have an insurance claim. Uh, we represent property owners um, that have a claim, and our job is to basically come in and um, assess the claim, read the policy, make sure all the... All the um, Everything's in, in, in a proper bucket and then submit the claim on behalf of the insured to the insurance company, then negotiate in good faith to get a proper settlement. And that's, uh, there's about 8,000 steps in between that, but yeah. <laughs> so, so walk us through that as far as, you know, the public adjusting side. So, so to put this in context, typically let's say I'm homeowner, I have my house, uh, there's a water leak, right? Ice maker leaks. Maybe, you know, I, I live in a multifamily unit or even if it's my personal house with a basement you know, catastrophic damage with water. So a lot of times what will happen is, okay, I have the issue. I have insurance for a reason. I contact my insurance policy and they send someone out, which isn't you, right? They send someone out that's going to like give, uh, for lack of a better word, they're going to lowball me, right? They're going to say, yeah. oh, we're going to get, you know, this, here's our database that we're going on values yeah. and here's the price and here's, here's your check. Sign here, get your check, go yep. figure it out. And then, so, so how does that work from your side? I mean, we're the liaison or, or uh, you know, the value you're bringing to the client, you know, how do you come into play with this? So, what, what we always compare this to, I mean, it's like hiring a CPA to do your taxes, right? So the last thing when like you're in business, right? Your CPA does your taxes. So you give them a big, all your receipts, all your, all your information, they diagnose it, go through it. And then they, they tell the IRS what you owe in taxes. It's the same thing for us. So if you think about it logically, the last thing you'd want to do is give the entity you're paying your premium to every month uh, the power to come in and tell you what they're going to pay for the claim. It makes zero, if you think about it logically in a business <laughs> sense, it makes no sense whatsoever. But however, that's the way the, uh, the business is formed, it's developed that way. So they're controlling the output of the money and the input of the money at the same time the carrier does. And that's not really what insurance is for. Um, insurance is to indemnify you so when you have a loss. They put you back whole as you were the day before the loss happened. So, you know, adjusters, you know, they're, they're, they go out and they write a scope of damage to what they feel is necessary and deemed to be what, what the loss value is worth. And you know as well as I do, I mean, you build custom homes, right? This stuff, yeah. um, number one, with supply chain issues anymore and, and lack of materials and labor through the roof and, and things like that. It's just not really a, um, they don't really do it. their due diligence to get the claim done right. Um, so our job is very easily to come in and get the claim done correctly and, and submit that to the carrier. We, 
you know, our, 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 like I tell our clients, our only job is to get the claim right, whether it's a dollar or a million or 5000 whatever the number is, is the number. The scope of damages has to be accurate. And that's our job is to put this all together like a CPA does on your taxes to represent the insured to make sure they're getting a fair shake. So, uh, the, 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 you know, people have the checkbooks, don't want to write those big checks out all the time. So we come in to kind of just make sure everybody's playing fairly and getting taken care of. So it's, it's quite challenging. Yeah, it's such a good analogy because when you bring up the CPA side, you know, tax, our, our tax code is very complex, right? And it's different for everybody. And there's so many uh, ins and outs. And, 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 you know, the reality is there's a, there's a lot of things that uh, by having someone that's experienced that understands the tax code that's changing, you know, they can help us diagnose, you know, on a personal level. And the same thing for you, Jack, is that, uh, you know, this is a conversation I wish I had years ago. I'm like, where's Jack in my life, you know, five years ago, because we've dealt with this on the client side. And oh, I'm sure you know, I've had clients. Yeah. Like we had an experience where downtown Phoenix, you know, uh, multifamily clients in Europe, you know, uh, uh, their cat, you know, had turned the faucet on, floods a house, you know, nothing, mm. nothing to do with us. But long story short, catastrophic damage. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is as we're working through the insurance company, same thing, you know, there's, uh, you don't want to say there's bias, but the reality is, you know, they, you know, they're, they're well, working off an index. Yeah. An index in the market that they come out and the client comes to me and says, they're going to give me this money. And I'm looking at this, like, there's no way, like, this is all custom finishes, metallic paint. Like I can't do this for that amount. So, you know, keep what I tell all my clients, um, insurance companies are a for-profit organization. There's a reason why they own a bunch of real estate and they have Chris Paul, Aaron Rodgers, on <laughs> that's all. And Patrick Mahomes, they're and not all cheap. Those guys, yeah. right? They're paying yeah. big money for that. So insurance companies have become more of a marketing agency anymore than they are really insurance companies, unfortunately. And it's it's changing, and I get it. I mean, they're if you're the CEO of Allstate or American Family, your your ultimate job at the end of the day is to be profitable to make sure your shareholders are getting their profit margins hit and they're getting those dividend checks. And the people who suffer because of that, unfortunately, are the policyholders. Because they're the ones that are, are paying the price on either not getting covered in full or getting denied outright. So it's difficult. And, and like you said, too, you know, insurance company, we all use what's called Xactimate. I'm sure you've seen it. It's an estimating software. Uh-huh. Yeah. But keep in mind, that's geared if you're doing 15 track houses in a row on the same block all at the same time. That's where those numbers come from. And, and you know, builders like yourself, and you're getting these extravagant and high-end finishes, Nowhere in heck does Xactimate have that line item. So, you know, we rely heavily on our business partners like custom home builders and commercial builders to give us the real number because that's the real number. Whatever, as long as the loss is covered, the value is the value is the value. And it's really, you guys are the experts on that, not us. We're, we're policy guys. Our job is to get the, the coverage established to make sure each bucket of coverage is, is appropriate and put in the right spot. Um, I let the big, uh, I let guys like you tell me what the actual number is. Or the chandelier that came over from Turkey, you know, 15 years ago. That, that's yeah. the hard part, right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and to that point, Jack, what's interesting is when, when you look at the complex society that we're doing now with pricing, I mean, we know that yeah. with freight, fuel, uh, oh. you know, availability product. And so the thing is, yeah, something that may have been priced two years ago, they're working off a, yeah. the index or Xactimate, as you mentioned, that it's different now. And so you have to have current market pricing that's going to value so the client's not upside down and have to fork out of their own pocket even more. Well, for, you know, for instance, I have, uh, we do work, we're in 38 states all over the country. We had a, we sell the claim last October in Rockford, Illinois. Well, if you've ever been to the Midwest from about October 15th, about now, you can't work because snow, ice, cold, right? It's a big, huge factory. They didn't want to shut it yeah. down. So the metal pricing, but from now or from then till now, it's 34 or 38% higher than it was. So the, the contractor just provided everything's getting ready to get started next week. And his material cost rose that much. So I got to go. My, my job after this call today is to call my friendly insurance company and tell them that that $1.8 million is, we appreciate that. However, uh, I got to add a few hundred grand to this now just because the materials in the last six months have gone up that much. Yeah. And it, like I have a really good friend who's the president of Ram Windows in, in Houston, Texas, and he was on our podcast yesterday, and we talked about it. His pricing, um, they, don't, they, they, they don't even lock it in until the orders hit because it, it changes between the oil and transportation. It, it changes almost by the, if not by the, by the hour, by the day, right? So it's, it's nonstop, and I'm sure you guys are feeling it as well. You don't, I mean, uh, a, a tile roof square 
five years ago may have been 1500 bucks. Now it could be 3500 or or 4000 because there's so many variables involved. And, and once again, the insurance company needs to be aware of that because if you have a covered loss, whatever the, whatever the number is, is the number. They can't, they try to control what, what they're going to pay, right? Just because that's a standard. There's no such thing as standard in insurance loss. I'm sorry, there's not. Everybody's circumstances are different. Is it on a yeah, fourth exactly. floor? Is it access? There's a million issues involved. So yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, just how it relates to lumber, to windows, to steel, mm. metal, PVC. I mean, all these things are are, are fluid, and, and and it's the same thing in my business. You know, whether you're operating at a GMP or Cost Plus. I mean, we're a Cost Plus contractor, but you know, we have to really communicate with the clients. Just hey, here's what we're tracking. Here's the line items. Here's where we're going. Yeah. You know, can we order stuff now? Can we store it? You know, can we warehouse it? And so you're you're it, it's a very uh, fluid especially on these projects that we have that could be one, two years in design and then one, two years to build. I mean, these are long processes and yeah. it's the same thing for you. I mean, look, I've, I've been through the insurance process, not myself, but clients have. And Jack, I mean, you can speak to this that, you know, when someone makes an insurance claim, it's not like they have a check in like two weeks. I mean, this could be six, seven months of your fight with them. Oh, so yeah. I mean, not to scare anyone, but I still have claims from Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico in litigation from three and a half years ago. So, you know, th th it's just, um, there, there's an old thing called delay, deny, defend, right? That's the insurance company's philosophy on paying claims. So unfortunately, there a lot of their, not all, a lot of their philosophies are if they can underpay a claim, delay it as long as possible, people get frustrated, angry, and wear out, and they just call the day. And they just take the check. Just settle and be done, right? Mm -hmm. Now, ethically and morally, is that all right? I don't, I don't, it's not for me to judge, however. Um, but yeah, it, it, insurance, we, we tell all our clients, especially on a commercial claim, it's going to be a year. By the time the claim happened, we get involved and, and the property gets rebuilt. It could be, and typically is a year. I mean, you know, we're doing a lot of work in New Orleans from Hurricane Ida. And right now we are just in the middle of getting about, we're two thirds away home on most of these, right? And we still have some bigger projects that are four or 500 grand still trying to fight for millions of dollars fighting for, because it just, it's such a, and, and keep in mind, there's laws and statutes involved as well. And the carry, our job is to make sure these laws and statutes are being adhered to by the carrier, which they are. But at the same time, everything has a 30-day or a 60-day mark. You're still talking months just to get to a certain point before the check even gets written. And then still fighting for more and more and more. Then they got to go and get the permit, get the thing built. And then it's a whole process. So it does take time. Um, patience is a big, huge thing for the clients. Um, I tell them after my first conversations, I hope you guys like to drink a lot of wine because you're going to need it. Because the next, <laughs> the next 12 months, it's, it's gut-wrenching, man. It really, really yeah. is. And especially if you have families. I mean, think about it. if you have a hurricane or a fire or, and you go home and all your stuff is gone, you have nowhere to go. You literally have to take your family, move them to a different location, and readjust all your life. You know, a different gym, sometimes a different school. Sometimes you have to drive your kids 40 minutes one way or... You know, it's just a million factors involved. The emotional toll it takes on families, especially, is difficult. So, um, we we um, very but so last December we had our our L10 EOS meeting. That our our new thing for this year is we really want to be more empathetic to our clients because as anyone we get it's 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 a business for us, right? So we get a claim in. It's a hurricane claim or a fire, and very methodically we approach it and and get it through. But we we, we lose the the we lose the fact sometimes that these families have lost photo albums, wedding dresses, um, their kids' clothes, their their baby shoes. That stuff could be all gone in a heartbeat. We can get all the money in the world for that, but you can never replace some of that stuff. And I think as an industry, we all need to do a lot better with empathizing with the clients because you need to imagine going home tonight and your stuff just obliterated, right? And no an amount of money in the world is going to get that back. So it's a very emotional draining and then add the fact that it's going to go on for a year and you have to fight for every nickel so you can just imagine the toll it takes internally and emotionally and all the and physically as well on, on the clients it, it, you know that's great perspective jack you know you think about i think in any line of business you know that ability to be empathetic and understand put yeah. yourself in the client's shoes right a lot of times you know when i related and i talked to my team just on a communication side it's very easy and i'll give like our analogy it's very easy for me as you know we, we're dealing with big numbers, big projects, big orders. So you, you see a change order cost, you know, $300, $800, you know, to us, it's just like, okay, cost of doing business here it goes. But when you really think about it, if this was coming out of my pocket, okay, am I really 
evaluating this? Am I am I the liaison right. for the consumer? Am I really paying attention to be empathetic on? Okay, this project's taking a little bit longer than it normally is, and yeah, as you mentioned, they're displaced. And as it relates to insurance, to your point, Jack, that hey, there could be artwork damage, furniture. I mean, it's a lot more than just the house damage. And then now they have personal belongings; they're displaced, and so now it's a year waiting for insurance, and then you still got to wait for six to months to a year for the bill to be recompleted. And so this takes a toll on people, and they still have their lives, they still have work, and it's like we have to do our best part to like put that together and help them through it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 a daily like reminder we have to do that because we like it's our, our business is to adjust claims and we we do so many that it's hard like I'll go into a hur- a category five hurricane and I've done I think nineteen hurricanes now so I'm I'm used to the dev I mean that, I know this sounds I'm used to it right I'm used to having yeah. buildings on the ground and uh, no food no water and no electricity and like that's part of our thing so um we you know i have been preaching this on on our podcast when i do when i when i talk in front of other pas and and uh, roofers and contractors we we really need to work on that just because it's um it's it's an emotional de- i mean divorces and uh, there's just so many things that go involved because people get their rear ends kicked in and the insurance company doesn't really um they don't care because it's a business they're not sensitive to it yeah it's a numbers thing as you mentioned they're shareholders they're looking at it they're looking at a sheet yeah, and then you know they're adjusters sitting in a cubicle in Omaha, Nebraska, eight hundred miles away from the loss, and they they can pick and choose what emails they want to review and look at that day, and it's tough, man. So it's uh, you know we 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 really really need to do all of us a better job in my in my whole industry to be more empathetic, and we try, but it, we we fail a lot. I'm not going to kid you. That's probably the the hardest part for us is becoming that just get emotionally attached to these things because. It, it it is draining, you know. I, I have a lady right now texting me with a house fire that we're working on, and she goes, "I just called you three times. It's been four minutes, and I got three phone calls from the same person because she's got something going on. She needs to talk to me right away." And it's just they they it's because her house is burned down, right? So, mm-hmm. I, and I get it. So it's it's hard, but at the same time, you know, we have families and lives too, so we have to find that delicate balance of of all this, and it's 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 difficult, man. It's not a it's a it's a rewarding job when that check finally comes and the people get to move home, but man, that it's it's a dogfight. It really is all the way through. So, yeah, it's it's interesting speaking through this because our businesses are so similar. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, you know, it's so hard. But but just that ability to uh, to connect with our clients and communicate with them and understand them and at least listen to them and yes, you know, it, it, it's such a part to be successful with any business. But going back to the insurance side, Jack, I mean. One thing is we were early in the conversation speaking about just the claims and the complexity of it. You know, one thing that it took me a while to understand was line of sight, right? And and, yeah. and you could explain this a lot where, hey, they may damage, you know, the cabinetry in the kitchen from a water leak, but they may have matching cabinetry in the great room, the millwork throughout. And the issue is you can't match that. And then this was done maybe 10 years ago. And so explain, walk through line of sight and how it's not just the claim of the kitchen, but how that expands to maybe a room or home. So every so there's every the weird part to this every state has different rules and regulations to this. Uh, there's several states um, that have matching laws where if two or three shingles or one cabinet is damaged, uh, the state statute is the insurance company owes for all of it. Period. And there's four or five six states like that. Uh, several states like the weird part about Arizona, which we reside in, you uh, as well. It's it's neither a matching state nor a non-matching state. There's no law. <laughs> There's no law either way, so it's um, it's a little bit of a free for all, and it, it's I'd rather I mean I'd much rather have it that way than a non-matching state. So what did it when the line is tight? So basically, if you have cabinetry that got damaged in a water loss, and the, the hard part is they're gonna they want to pay for the lowers only, not the uppers, and then you have yep. a, a family entertainment center basically in a great room that's the same color cabinetry, the same material, built the same time, and you put these 2022 cabinets in. Well, now those don't match. So it's very so once again in in the state statute it doesn't call either way to get that done. So we have to be very creative and very diligent how we approach that and explain. You know we have to get manufacturer specs and bring builders like you guys in and we basically have to lay out the game plan of why they owe for this. So it's um, and 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 without representation of an, a public adjuster or an attorney, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time the carrier is only going to pay for that damaged lower area, right? So that's why it's so important to get people on your side to fight for this stuff because you know as well as I do, what's a kitchen cost now? Hundred grand, right? Yeah. Easy. They, they, 
you get a check for fifteen, twenty thousand, and you're, what, what's, what's the other eighty coming from, right? So that gets difficult. And most, so most people don't know what they don't know. So they get the check for fifteen thousand, and like, I guess I got to figure this out. And they'll do a mix match or this, that, or the other thing, and they go to sell their home, and the realtor's like, well, you know, we got to take hundred grand off your off your MLS listing because you have a cabinet issue here. So it's very you, you get one shot to do a claim, okay? Yeah, and that's it. And once you go past the statute of limitations and you accept that and you sign off on that check, uh, you, you damn well better be right because there's no going back, unfortunately. So um, that's the difficult part. So the matching is a big thing. We get we get claim after claim after claim. Like, you know, the wood flooring, they only pay for the wood floor in the family room, but yet it goes all the way through the house and it's all attached and there's no doorways. So the, 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 the rule of thumb is if there's a doorway and it stops, that's where that matching issue stops. Which I understand, but... You know, like most houses, I'm sure you build the great rooms and they all attach and the stairwells and down the hallways. And I mean, 1,500 square feet of flooring becomes 10,000 square feet of flooring very quickly. And the insurance company only wants to see the 1,500 square feet. They don't want to see the other 8,000 that they owe for because the number goes up, right? But once again, that's what the insured is doing. And that's what they're owed. And our job is to, to get them to that point where they see the light and that check is written. And as you can imagine, it's about... 18, 20 emails, 33 letters, and three on-site inspections before they can see the light. So it's, it's, a, it's a process. Yeah, it's a great perspective. So I'll speak to this because I, I think is there, is there any risk for the client? You know, because, you know, I was going to ask you, what's the benefit of hiring a, a, a public adjuster, right? But, the, I mean, you, a public advisor, I mean, you already answered this. It's like, you know, we already know the, the strategy of the insurance company. We already know line of sight. I mean, all these things that can really impact them. So having you on their side as that fight for them. It's going to help now. Is there any concern from the client side that, hey, if the insurance company is paying me $25,000, but I hire Jack and I end up getting $125,000, which really covers cost, does that affect my future premiums? Is that an issue or black mark on me? How does that work on the payout side? Can that affect me in the long run? So we get that question a lot. So here's the thing. The, the, the way it's supposed to work. So here's the, if you have a claim, you have a claim, you have a claim, whether it's $500 or $1,000 or a million. So once you're in that algorithm for the carrier, the, the underwriting department looks at it and we tell the clients, here's the thing. Um, there is a chance you will get can't not, not because of our involvement, but if you have a claim, yeah. you certainly may fall in the algorithm where you're no longer going to be um, a good risk for them. So insurance companies look at all these things as risk. If you have a million dollar home and your premium is 6,500 bucks a year and you're clean and it's getting, it's well-maintained, the chance of you having a claim is minimal, right? So they're going to keep you going. So if you do have a claim, accidents, which do happen, they're, they're more likely going to keep you. But if, if you're a habitual, you know, claim turner in guy and you have an old roof with poor conditions, um, you, you may get canceled. Um, we do a lot of big commercial work. I'm talking, you know, eight, nine, ten million dollar claims. And um, these premiums are we have one premium in Florida. It's four hundred thirty three thousand bucks a year. OK, and the, we're doing a claim. It's probably six million. And they're all worried about getting canceled. I'm like, there's no way they're going to cancel you because they they, yeah. they they like that half million a year. And here's the thing: we do, and I literally do the math for them. So let's say their premium is uh, it's it's ten grand a year, and it's a three hundred thousand dollar water loss, and and we go get them three hundred thousand dollars. You know, and they have to go to a, a different insurance company for two years and pay twenty percent more on a premium. It's a it's a it's pennies on the dollar. It's it's an investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the, let's say that you end up paying seventy five hundred a year for insurance instead of sixty five hundred, but they gain three hundred thousand dollars, I would. I mean, I'll I'll do that all day as 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 a businessman, right? Uh, I gladly pay the extra premium for two three years to get just to get that paid properly. So I um, mean, they're they're not supposed to look at us and and cancel premiums or uh, raise rates because the it, it's not about the number of the claim. It's about the risk of the claim. Does that make sense? It does. They look at a ten thousand dollar claim or hundred thousand dollar claim the same way. It's just about the amount of risk the carrier has on the property. Is this property going to be more susceptible now because of more more hail, more water, more flooding, more fires, whatever? You know, like you know, there's people up north where these fires keep happening. Their premiums going to keep going up because every year on the news, flags getting hit, Prescott's burning, so their 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 premium is going to go up and up and up, or they're going to start, you know, another thing that can happen too, which is happening quite a bit, is they'll have exclusions. Um, we have a bunch of work in California we do where there's wildfire exclusions. If your home gets burned by a wildfire, you don't have any coverage. 
or um, they'll limit the payout of fifteen to twenty thousand, whatever. Same thing on wind and hail; they'll have a huge deductible um, that the first hundred grand is your responsibility. So you're basically self-insuring part of your home. So there's there's all these factors that come into play. So we really, really, really encourage all our clients every year, man. Read your policy, know what you have, understand it. Just because you don't, nobody reads their policy. I, I guarantee, no. I, nobody does. We all like, hey, what, what, I need my insurance. What's give me the cheapest? What's the cheapest? <laughs> oh, every time. And there's horror stories because um, people don't read that stuff, so they don't know what they have coverage on, what they don't have coverage on. And it's always that thing you don't have that pops up, and it's horrible. Um, we worst story I have. If we have a couple minutes here, I um, do. We, yeah, <laughs> we do ton of hurricane work, tons and tons and tons. I have a client that owns hotels from North Carolina through Florida, Alabama, all the way through New Orleans. And before the hurricane, um, back in Saint, uh, Lake Charles hit three years ago, calls me and goes, "Hey, I have I have four hotels. They're going to get pounded. Here's my policies, or here's my policy." He sent me one policy. And all the hotels except for one were listed. Okay. And uh, I'm like, okay, I go, sir, I got your policy, but you're missing hotel X, Y, and Z on, on this road. He goes, don't worry about it. It's an, it's, it's the same policy. Uh, my cousin's a broker and I gave him this um, particular property to write my new policy on. I don't have it yet, but I'm sure it's fine. Sign me up. Let's get going. So we sign a contract for each individual um, property, get them all going. Sure enough. Um, Hurricane Sally comes rolling in there, destroys these hotels, rips the roof off. I mean, millions of dollars worth of damage. Three of them like, bam, bam, bam. We get coverage. We get going. The fourth one, it's it's wonky. I can't get a good answer from the new carrier. They're being evasive. They send the independent adjuster out. He goes, looks good to me. Keep going. Well, the roof gets tarped. They start the drying. About three weeks after the hurricane comes, the broker finally sends the policy in to us. Guess what? Hurricane exclusion. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. His cousin, per his instructions, give me the best, cheapest policy you can. And the broker didn't tell him that hurricane in Louisiana is excluded. So this gentleman had a $2.5 million hurricane claim with no coverage on it. So you can imagine litigation involved in that just because the guy, the insured, didn't read the policy when they bought it. And it at the end of the day, it's buyer beware, right? We all, whatever we buy is what we buy. Um, we, we're, we're only owed for what is in that policy. And, and, and the best attorneys in the world, if you, if you have an exclusion, it's zero, it's almost impossible to get that overturned. So we did get a little creative on this. We did um, bring the broker in and we, we actually got the guy some money on that because our attorneys got, are very good. But, you know, we had to go after the broker through his E&O insurance. And but it's, the guy still is out of pocket a million or two because of having a crummy insurance policy and he saved five grand a year, maybe not worth it. Right. Yeah. So insurance, it's a pain in the butt, but we all have to, we all have, all have to have it. Life insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance. And if you don't, it's that minute, it's that minute. Every time it nips you in the bud, when you don't have is when you get, when you get hit on something and it's, it's, it's like Murphy's law. It's every time, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, but nobody, once, I'm the same way. Hey, man, when I get my new car, like I just I look at these premiums, like, but I can save 140 bucks a month by not having yeah. phone coverage. And next thing I know, yeah. I need my freaking car towed. Here we go. I'm writing a check for 600 bucks. I'm like, that's on me, right? Yeah, it's great advice because you had to understand. So it's really not the value of the claim. So whether it's fifty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, that doesn't matter if you've leveraged more because you're reading the policy and understanding it. It's it's more the risk side, depending on location, risk, flood zone, fire zone, hurricane zone. Or even maybe it's an old house or older construction. Or I mean, there's certain things that insurance companies can look at, which totally makes sense. But to your point, to read the policy, I mean, this is something I think for any of us, just understanding life and understanding, you know, without going in the weeds, because I know this isn't either of our specialties, well, at least speaking for me, but like understanding car policies, house policies, you know, as you mentioned, life insurance and how we set up, you know, our personal indemnification so that we're not liable for every little thing. If we get in a car accident, they would go after our house, how we set up our estate, whatever. But but to your point, you know, Jeff, what would you recommend for a client that's trying to figure out their policy to make sure that they don't have hurricane excluded? I mean, is there a resource for them? Does your firm offer that? I mean, where can they go to say, okay, Jack, I'm going to sign up for this policy? Is it good? You know, a great way to start is is have a local PA review your policy. Have it have a local attorney review your policy, man, or or a, even a, even a broker. I mean, 
the problem with some agents, many more, a lot, a lot of stuff is on our phones, the the generic, like the Geico's and the, they're very generic carriers. So you don't get a lot of that. They just, they're processing. They're not really like back old school. They're not really insurance agents or brokers anymore. So I really encourage everyone to find a go-to, you know, a bro, an old school broker that can actually sit there and read the policy, go over with you and, you, and have him explain. The biggest question is. And counsel you. Yeah. What's excluded? Like, what am I at risk for here? Because you can buy insurance on anything. It's like gambling. You can literally bet. You can bet on if Booker's going to hit the first three pointers tonight, right? Insurance. <laughs> you you can buy insurance on anything. You can raise your rate. You can raise your rate, lower your rate, buy down your deductible. There's a million options for that. Um, you know, you can insure your wife's wedding ring for more than what's in a normal policy. You can buy a rider a rider for that. So, and people just don't do it, and it's so important. Um, back old school, everybody not anymore, man. We're all too big in a hurry, but it's it's it can cost people. Hundreds, tens of thousands, millions of dollars if it's not done right. So find a find a good broker. Uh, they'll take spend spend thirty minutes. Just that's all it takes. I mean, it's all black and white. Policies are there. You just got to read them, and you got to read the whole thing because they are. They will give you something, take it away, and then put it back. You just got to be very diligent in what what everyone has there. So spend forty five minutes, half an hour reading these things with your broker, with it with an adjuster or with an attorney, so you know exactly what you guys have. That's and spend a little bit more money to get it done right. I promise you it's well worth it. And if not, it's, it's the, the alternative is, is, is not fun. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops You know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows, and they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra-contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. It's funny. I'm smiling because I was just sitting with a client um, as it relates to me, and, and they were just in our office this week, and we're going through the bid on their home. And, and part of it, because we're open, but cost plus, right? So we have on our, in our conference room, we have all the bid abstracts. And what that means is like we're going over excavation, right? and concrete. And so we have all the bids and a client laughed because the disparity between the, the disparity between the three bids were, I mean, huge. I mean, you're talking 40, 40% difference between low and high numbers. And they're like, how do you decipher this? But then as we go through that track, we're like, well, they excluded this, they included this, 
you know, we're trying to assign a value so that we can get apples for apples. And I'm like, we've been doing this, you know, it feels like our whole life but as professionally for quite some time. And even as these bids come in and we're in the industry, like you're still trying to figure out, well, are, is there a bait and switcher? Are they missing something? Did they, did they miss some of the scope? And we're trying to make sure that what we present to you is accurate so that we know the cost of your house. And how that relates to insurance is the same thing is that I, you know, having someone that you trust, like the broker, instead of just on, an online thing, like you mentioned, Jack, is that we, we had a good insurance broker where it's very complex. And he sat down and said, look, Brad, here's A, B, and C policies, right, that were bid from these carriers, uh, you know, that he's brokering. Here's what you need to pay attention to, you know. Here's where they're excluding hurricane. Here's where they're keeping it. Here's how this affects you. And then you can make the decision. But at least if you fully understand what's in there, now you can evaluate that risk and say, okay, let's go with X, Y, or Z. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the risk factor is important. What's your tolerance? I mean, a lot of us, are, is it a million-dollar exposure or is it a $50 exposure? And that's what it is. You're basically picking your, t- your, your pain tolerance. So <laughs> your pain tolerance, it's so true. That's exactly yeah. what it is, man, you know. Or like your friend ex- example that, yeah, your pain tolerance, had he understood that, you know, ideally he would have said, I need hurricane because now he's dealing oh. with this huge delta. And it's like, but had he had known, I'm sure he would have said, no, I need that hurricane. Well, he, he, for five he assumed grand. His, his cousin broker was going to take good care of him and he took good care of him. All right. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. Then, and, you know, keep in mind too, the work had already started. Yeah. So he's already writing Makes- checks to these contractors. So. And they're they're uncomfortable at that point because like oh my god, who's going to pay this bill here? So it, it's a big thing. Risk that's what that's what insurance is. It's it's assuming a certain tolerance of risk, period. And everyone has a different level of that. And the really smart rich people have a very low risk tolerance and load up of insurance because they don't want to deal with it. You know, yeah. Everyday Joe like you and I, we're the ones that we maybe take a little shortcut once in a while, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> We know what fuel costs and food costs, right? Exactly. So we have to be conscious of it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we, yeah. So you mentioned, Jack, that this could be your process. I mean, kind of what are the steps? You know, are there are there certain steps, you know, from inspection to like like how does that work through the process? Well, first thing we do, once we get hired, we turn a letter of representation into the carrier. And at that point, that puts them on notice that our firm is on it and they're instructed not to our all the communication runs through our office. Everything. They don't call the insured, they don't email, they're not supposed to talk to the insured anymore because Unfortunately, it's like uh, it's like speeding. You're basically guilty into proven innocent when you have an insurance claim, <laughs> right? So we make sure we frame the claim right and, and position the, the all the evidence correctly. Um, so what happened once we get the letter of rep turned in? Uh, we have a documentation team come out and they go through the building with every. We have a 3D camera. And the whole, I mean, drones, the whole nine yards. We'll spend on a large loss days, if not weeks. Looking at every window, every door, every all the roof, all the all the siding. Like, what is actually what what when the event took place? What actually got damaged from that event? Every screw, light fixture, light bulb was looked at because dollars, cents, pennies, nickels add up very quickly. At the same time, our office uh, gets the actual what we do too, which many people don't do, is we get the actual certified policy from the carrier. Because 99% of the time, the, the, the policy on your phone, that's a generic policy. That's not your real policy you paid for. Um, and unfortunately, a, um, a word could be changed in that policy and or but could, be, could affect the outcome of that policy dramatically. So my staff here in Scottsdale gets the, gets the certified policy, and they read it head to toe to make sure we know exactly what coverages are involved and what bucket. Because what we don't want to do is Rob Peter to pay Paul on, on these certain insurance buckets to make sure that the, the ordinance of law bucket's being used properly, the content bucket, the other structure bucket, the additional living expenses, business income. We make sure that all these things are appropriated so we do turn our submission form and we're not robbing a part of the policy to cover another part of the policy. We want to be very accurate, right? So once, once, once the uh, documentation's done and all the submissions are done, my estimating team takes it much like you guys put a house bid together, we package up a, an estimate of content structure, business income, additional living expenses on what we feel the appropriate amount of loss is. Okay, In our best judgment, it's $1.3 million for all these things. Photo, and we provide all that with da- you know, weather data, meteorology reports, all that stuff goes into these reports. Um, when we're ready, and then the, uh, we have the insured signing notarized proof of loss. And what that's stating is, Mr. Insurance Company, to the best of my ability, I feel my loss is this. Here's, here's my loss. Here's why it is. Here's, here's, here's all the facts to back it up. 
please pay me this amount of money. Then we send that into the carrier, and they have, after that, they have 30 days to respond. Um, and usually about the 29th day at midnight, we get a response. And uh, <laughs> it's it's nine times out of ten, it's never like, hey, great, here's your check. Yeah. It's always it's, like, yeah, th- thank okay. you. Okay, let's negotiate, yeah. 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 So, yeah. and what, what we do as a firm, and I, I've, I've learned over the long, oh, many years, is a lot of, a lot of companies throw a bunch of fluff and miscellaneous crap in these in these estimates and submissions. And I can tell you, I, insurance companies are a lot smarter than we are. They know what's real and what's not real. If I go in and ask, you know, um, $1,500 or $2,600 for this iPhone when it's really only $900, that's a red right. flag. Um, right. They're trained to look at red flags. So our job is to be completely accurate on every line item. We have to justify every line item and why. And that's what we do. And then the, the better job we do, and, and load that gun up with the proper amount of bullets and ammunition. Um, it just builds our defense better, and it, it builds a, a reputation to get it done correctly. Um, but at the same time, the, the carrier still is looking for a way out. And, you know, our job is to just be fair and be accurate. And it, that's the negotiation is the toughest part of it all because that can drag on for months and months and months because the carrier were like, I'm going to give you hundred grand, and like, well, well, but it's four hundred. dollars we have to go another hundred. We have to keep going and going and going until the number's right. And that can drag on quite a bit. Um, and at the end of the day, we feel we have a good settlement. We'll go to the insured and say, look, here's where we're at. Here's what, what do you, and at the end of the day, it is their decision, right? Do you want to go forward and finish the claim off? Or do you want to bring our litigation team in to go after even more for bad faith or whatever, um, which is very hard to prove. But at the same time, there is that we do have an obligation to present all the facts back to the insured and let them make the final decision. So. It's a, it's a lot of crazy work, and our submission packages are thousands and thousands of pages sometimes. But once again, it's all about data and accuracy. So like you guys have a set of plans, it's the same thing. We're basically taking a set of plans, turning it into the carrier to justify the value. That's what we do. So, Yeah, I mean, already speaking through this, I mean, the benefit, though, of bringing you in, Jack, is that essentially you're almost like legal representation, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, that now all communication and the insurance companies going through you, not the client. And then just that evaluation, that diagnostic, right, as you're trying to understand the amount of damage. And then even more so, where well, you're going through their policy, find any ins and outs that the insurance may have, and then creating true valuations where there's no yes. red flags. You know, th- th- there's a ton of value. And then even if it escalates to litigation, which I'd imagine isn't all the time, but I mean, on occasion, you may have to. It's about, you know, 80% of the time where our attorneys do yeah. get involved because there's certain. So as a, as a public adjuster, we can do everything an attorney can except for file a lawsuit. Okay, that's the only thing we can't do as a public adjusting firm. However, I do have uh, many, many attorney partners around the country that we can bring in to, to do that part. And unfortunately, that's part of the business sometimes. Sometimes the carrier does act unfairly and unjustly, and we do need to bring our legal team in to finish it off. And I have some very strong partners, thank God, that aren't, or, you know, if we set it up properly, it's a, it's a very easy case for them. We've never gone to trial, I can tell you that. We've We've gone to suit and, and litigation, uh, but nine times out of ten, the carriers like their attorneys are like sidebarring, like, "Oh crap, they got us here. We probably need to settle this." <laughs> so there's a yeah, lot so of kind court- of mediation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of courtroom steps. Uh, you know, we we got in the day before trial and got and like got a settlement on it just because once again, we're our job is to be right, and when we know we're right, yeah. we know we're right. We know we're right, right? And there's no de- when yeah. you're right, there's no defense. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the key, right? So we. We do a better job investigating the loss than the carrier does because, you know, once again, they got a million claims and they're trying to just do what they can to, to do all of them. And our job is just to like, get it right and get, get in there and fight and battle. So it's, it's, it's a crazy business some days. I go home some days and I'm just like, I'm ex- I feel like I'm in a boxing ring all day. It's, it's nuts, right? So, and enjoy yeah, I love it. Though. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so without getting into specifics of pricing, I mean, just understand when, when you hire public adjusters, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, is it a certain like percentage of total payout? Is it a set fee? Is it is it price dependent depending on the complexity of the project? You know, like maybe an hourly rate. I mean, how does that work? Just in different options there. Well, it's it's contingency. So we only get paid on what we collect, um, and, and our fee depends on when we get involved. The perfect scenario for us is the minute the loss happens, we get a call and we get involved from day one. Um, we control it that way. What we it's a, it's a much simpler, smoother process. Very clean, yeah. Yeah, and we're, our, our fee normally then is 10%. So whatever, whatever we collect, we get a 10% fee on. Now, the more complex claims where it's been open for six months and there's been 17 different things going on and 
Um, the, the hole's about 18 feet deep. Um, <laughs> our fee goes up. To, you know, we, 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 we call that new money. So we'll get a percentage, usually 20% of new money because it's usually pretty much of a mess when we get, like, people think they can handle this on their own. Like, oh, I got this. And then next thing you know, they got 17 denials on their, on their email. Like, well, I tried to tell you. Um, so yeah. our fee goes up then because they, they, they dug such a hole, um, which is usually the biggest problem is sometimes the insureds don't know when not to talk. Like, you don't need to talk all the time. You can sit there and just say, I'm not sure. Because the, the insurance company is going to put you in a, in a corner like, oh, is this, was this stain like that before the rain happened? You know, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. Then, well, to them, that's how it was. So we're taking that off, right? So yeah. um, that's why we have to be very diligent what we say and don't say. But yeah, it's pure contingency. We only get paid as checks come in. So the cool part about us is you're never paying us until the money's there. We incur all those costs, all our experts, all our time, all our, our energy um, until the check comes in. We don't see a nickel. You know, we're, we're, you know, sometimes it takes a year to get paid. And so we're, we're floating several million dollars at one time uh, to make this thing work. But at the same time, when a check does come in, you know, it's, it's, a very, it's very worthy and we, we, we feel really good about it. So. Well, it's amazing, Jack. I mean, I'll, I'll, kudos to you in this sense. I mean, to have uh, 10%, I feel, is beyond fair. And the reason I say this is because I personally haven't been through it with my loss, but I've had three clients go through this. And in all three cases, right, I mean, just to put this in perspective, one of them, the insurance company came at him at 210000 and the actual loss was eight hundred grand. I mean, you're yeah. talking yep. four times, yep. Mm -hmm. Second one, very similar. It came to him with seventy grand. It was like three hundred and fifty. The third one was like, you know, one hundred and ten, and it was six hundred twenty. I mean, these are big, big numbers. And so, for you saying, look, yeah, the insurance company's going to lowball you, but by by bringing this up, I mean, there's so much upside for the client that it's really minimal compared to what what the value you're bringing to the client. Do you, do you see the the? the <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah. It's always about twenty yeah. percent of what it should be. That's that's pretty much. Yeah, the it's about one fifth. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much about. We did we did a study be. for Ida claims. Um, I think it came out to be 28% was their first offer of where we ended up with, right? It's incredible. There's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's very consistent across the board. Um, I, I don't know what goes on in those boardrooms behind closed doors, but there's a certain factor there that it's very similar every time is what we see. So, you know, once again, and keep in mind, insurance, they're for profit, right? If they can get away with paying 110 grand. 20%, so 20% yeah. yeah. That's that's. Buyer beware, right? Know your rights, know your know, know what you can do and, and to get it combated properly. But sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And that's the biggest thing about it is just educating the, the consumer to know what the heck's going on. And um, insurance companies typically are not your friend. They are there to make sure their entity are taken care of. That's tough. So, but yeah, underpaying claims is, is the norm. Um, and it, it's more, it, it's more that way than the other way. I can promise you that, unfortunately. So, so what's your background, Jack? I mean, have you always been a public adjuster? I mean, how did that transition no. in, in your career? So I was a restoration contractor for over 20 years. Um, I had an office in Scottsdale. We did work in California, Texas, Florida. Um, and I was actually, ironically, a vendor for all the insurance companies. We'd go in and dry down hotels for after a hurricane and put them all back together again. And um, the last um, 10 or 15 years, it got to be more difficult because their pricing, they would start structuring their pricing and you have to buy materials here, and here's our guide to do this stuff. And it's like, so you're telling me I got so much red tape. Yeah, I had to hire people just to manage the programs we were on, with no more. I mean, I was paying out of my own pocket just to manage the program because it was so intensive to upload upload this. I need twelve pictures of this and justify this. So we were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to do the work, and it's been crazy. So it got to the point about seven, eight, nine years ago. I'm like. Man, I am getting tired of this. I mean, State Farm is running my business for me, really. They're, they're giving me the work, telling me where to be, where to buy the stuff, how much they're going to pay me. And I, and I sat back one day, I'm like, this makes no freaking sense. Because I'm the one carrying out the risk, right? I, I, was, it was, I was, the mailman was our best friend. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm stressing myself out over this. Like, did, hopefully the wire transfer goes in. You guys know, out know. You got to get money yeah. to pay your vendors. And ABC Roof doesn't care, supply doesn't care. If you got paid or not, you got to pay them for the roof tile. They don't right, care. Right, right. Plumbing needs yep. to get paid. You don't care. So I, I got to the point where my family was being affected. I was exhausted. I was getting angry and I'm not sleeping. And it's, it's, it's insane. So I, I went to the point where I'm like, you know what? I think I can do this PA thing. Um, I, li I like the concept of it. I'm a big advocate to help people and, and to be on their side and, and, and you know, 
David and Goliath story. I'm all about that. And I switched. And then uh, my first day on the job, I signed a fire loss in Tucson. And here we are several years later, thousand claims a year later, hundreds of million dollars in revenue later. We're, we're doing it, man. And it's a, it's a very, I, I feel it's a very important job we do um, just because, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's David versus Goliath, right? It's, it's, we're fighting an unfair fight. And when we do win, it's a really good feeling because Mrs. Smith is getting indemnified and getting paid fairly. That's the cool part of what we do. You know, I love it. So that's amazing. I mean, yeah, but that, you know, to change careers and make that swap, you know, 20 years in, I understand, you know, the restoration side you're doing, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're being bid on, beat on from the insurance company and you're coming and doing, you know, water repair, mold remediation, whatever it is, depending on the, the fire loss, whatever it is. Yep. But, you know, how, how tough is it to transition to a new career and hit that reset button and then start a new company? You know, I mean, so back when I started doing restoration, there was PAs weren't even a thing because the carriers were much more amiable to get things done. We'd meet on the job, mm -hmm. we'd go through it. They would literally go to their truck and have a checkbook and write a check. This is back in the early 90s, right? So it was a much simpler process. And then, you know, it got to the point where that got harder and harder and harder. So it didn't, it, it took me about a year to make my mind up to do it. Um, I wish I would have done it sooner. Um, but I didn't, and now there's, there's, everything has a path, but, um, I, I literally took off on this thing with the, my feet running as I wound down my company, this thing took off like a house of fire. So, um, it, it's probably the best business decision I've made since I've, I've started doing this, but the transition was fairly smooth because, you know, we, we did the same thing. We got claim would come in, we go evaluate, write a scope of damages up and then go build a thing Well, the good part now is I don't, if the drywall is not there on a Tuesday, I don't have to worry about that. It's so it's been it's been a blessing on that. Um, I still have to hear about it, but then again, I don't have to worry about it. But that's that's a you problem, Brad. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so it's been a blessing, and I I enjoy it thoroughly. I I I I enjoy being a good guy on these things, and I mean, it's just a good feeling like some of these checks come. So the transition was fairly simple. Um, I didn't understand it fully until I got going with how how in depth. Um, these policies can be and how it's a chess game and it, it takes a while to learn the chess game. Like sometimes we'll sit back and wait, let the carrier make the first move, right? Because you want to see what cards they're holding. If we start throwing all our cards down on day one, we don't want to jeopardize our insured that way. So I've learned the last five, six years to kind of weigh the other side. I'm, you got to read the room a little bit, see where they're coming from and, and, and watch what they're doing. And because uh, they know that we know that they know that we know, right? It's one of those things. Who blinks first? So we got to learn when to blink and when not to blink. That was the hardest part of this, but uh, I think we we've, we've mastered it fairly well. When we're we're learning every day, um, laws and statutes change every day. Um, every day there's something new in Florida going on, or a different statute in Georgia to worry about. We have to keep up on all that stuff because we got to stay within the law and statutes as well. So we have a whole. I have one guy. All he does is read these bulletins and they come out and make sure our staff is not doing something stupid or the wrong thing. <laughs> that, that doesn't go well usually. So. So how, it's just amazing, like hearing this, you know, because understanding just like a CPA, as you mentioned, I mean, you're having to stay current, you have to understand this, yeah. diagnose everything. And, and, and the strategy behind it, as you mentioned, I mean, it's just like the power negotiation, right? It's like, you know, understanding your playing field, you don't want to, you know, ace in the hole, you don't want to show everything yet, yep. you know, show all your cards, put it all on the table. Uh, but as far as, you know, the business, you know, how has that grown from, from day one, from when you started to where, where you are now? I mean, what's that transformation? Yeah. So I was basically, I, I worked for another, another PA when I first started, it was basically me trying to figure this thing out kind of by myself. So, um, that was six and a half, seven years ago. And now we're, uh, well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Was, this is, this is, this thing has taken off pretty. So Velocity, the, the company I'm, I, I own now, we're, we're a year old this week. Um, wow. Yeah. We won PA of the year this year already. And. Um, so I've been very blessed. I've, I've, my partner and, and our guys here and our staff is just, uh, they, man, it's like one of those, you know, when you build the, the Patriots and you know, you got this thing, our, our staff is just tremendous and everybody, our, everybody here gets it. And that's a huge thing. Um, you know, we make mistakes every day and whatever, but, but we're not above For fixing sure. them and, and, and understanding them and, and doing our thing. Um, but everybody stays in their lane very well and they're all striving to be better every day and, and helping the insurance. So, you know, we, our, our first year, we've done over 650 claims in one year, um, you know, 38 states, um, tens and hundreds of million dollars in, in, in claims settled already. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a rocket ship, man. I'm not gonna, we have, I think, 22 people around the country working for us, with us, 
uh, Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, Chicago. Uh, I got three guys in Dallas. Uh, we have people in, of course, Scottsdale, uh, Denver, San Diego. So, you know, we're everywhere. I have a marketing team. I have a, a, a CFO. We have an accounting guy. Who's, we have uh, admin. It's just, it's crazy what the things become. And I, I, I wake up some days like, oh my God, right? What's going on? <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cool. But once again, we, um, my back team is, I'm so proud of the fact that our our back is as strong as our front, and usually it's one of usually you know firms are very good at sales and not good at at the production or the creative production not good at sales or marketing. Our our team is kind of we're very well rounded, and I think that's the key. Uh, we can perform so when we when a, when a claim comes in, we're as good as the back and we are the front end, and not many. For, and I'm saying in construction the same way. There's a lot of great guys that can sell these jobs, but a lot of most most contractors can't perform. That's that's the problem, right? Or they don't they don't know the business of construction. That's where most contractors fail. Was always my struggle was the business side because it's you know man it it changes by the second. I mean, we'd have three million dollars in the bank one day and then eleven cents the next day, hoping to God, <laughs> right? Hoping to, hoping to God the next mailman comes. So um, it, it's it's um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Uh, it's scary. It's exciting. You know, when Ida hit, we were, li- we were living in trailers for two months, getting claims done, you know, with, with no hot water, but we did it. And it's a, it can be exciting, exhilarating, and frustrating, infuriating all at the same time, the same day on the same claim. So it's all that stuff, you know. Well, I, I think you hit on the head, you know, as a business owner, and, and this is just great perspective, you know, counsels that, you know, business, you have to understand to be a, a successful entrepreneur, business owner, I mean, it's a lot more fluid than rigid, right? I mm-hmm. mean, to be super rigid, you got to understand how the, you know, the ebbs and flows of business and you know, the emotions of employees and clients, like how do you, you know, massage this? And it's like to be super rigid, like it's typically not oh, a man. recipe for success. Yeah, you have to fight at it. But, you know, for, for you, like the marketing side, you know, because you've had this amazing growth, like, and, and maybe you can, you know, you do a podcast, you know, you're, you're active on all these channels. I mean, being a thought leader in your industry from the public adjusting, I mean, probably the same question I could ask, you know, why the podcast? Why, you know, why, why put so much, uh, uh, thought and information into your industry? You know, here's the thing. So public adjusting is a fairly new business and not many people know about us. So that's the biggest thing. And at the same time, people come into this thing thinking, if I just write a good scope of damage, send it in, it's going to be, it's going to be boom, boom, boom. Well, that's about one thirtieth of what we do. So um, I've kind of taken, I, I feel an obligation, I think, because I'm getting old now, I, I feel an obligation <laughs> to, uh, to bring up our, our whole industry as a whole public adjusters, roofers, contractors, restoration guys. Um, I think I, I, you know, I didn't feel this way 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm out for myself. I'm going to do everything I can to make my company great and screw these other guys. Well, I've learned that's not the best way to do it. It's about the community as a whole, um, being a leader. And, you know, I speak at, uh, I mean, other PAs are some of my best friends. We talk all the time about stuff because there's, there's very few of us that are doing it right. And I really feel, feel sense of obligation to, to make our business better every day. When I say our business, I mean the business of adjusting. The industry, on both, right. On both sides, yeah. There's a lot of great adjusters on the other side. And there's a lot of poor adjusters. I mean, our job is to educate, 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 educate. And the more we educate and get people thinking about this stuff, the better we're all going to be. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's what, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, honestly, uh, bringing claims in and making money in this business isn't the tough part. Uh, the, the tough part is the education and getting people to understand what's going on and, and bring them up to a different level and giving I've, I've learned in my, uh, my later years here, giving is a lot. Um, you get, you get back 10 times more than you give. Right. Um, and, and when we're all younger, I think taking is much simpler, but now as, as the older I get, the more, the more I give out back to community market, it comes back tenfold. I mean, I, I got, that's why we have such a great staff um, is because all these guys come to our training and they, we get to meet each other and if, if they fit our mold, they, they, they almost know immediately they fit our mold. That's why we're, we're growing so fast because when you hit it off as, as, a, as a group, man, they, they fit in quickly and there's no, not a lot of learning curve and there's not a lot of molding or grooming. They just they take it and run. It, it, it's been huge, a big part of our success is that too. It's, it's, it's one big, it's one, it just goes in, it's one big world, right? It's how it goes. It's crazy. So it's, it's hard it, to explain yeah. No, I. You said on the. It's funny because as as you were speaking about that, Jack, I thought about an early mentor. And, you know, he made a comment, and I was just graduated from college. I think I was twenty four, 
And he said, Brad, the, the best lesson is generosity precedes prosperity, right? And yep. to that point is that it's like, as you're generous and you give back, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, it, it, it pays back tenfold. And you said this, oh. yeah, your generosity is going to proceed. And, and what helps too is any successful company or CEO or executive, those that understand, as you mentioned earlier, the pain points, right? By knowing the role of each of uh, the, as the batons pass through the company, if they understand that sales channel, that sales funnel, the what the coordinator does, the project manager, the estimator, superintendent. If you understand that, and as you mentioned, you've been on both sides. You've been the restoration guy. You've been the public adjuster. You dealt with insurance. So you understand all the channels and funnels here. It just helps you bring that much more value to the industry because you get it, and you can be a liaison for for all the components there. You know, one thing I have learned too the last couple of years has been I never thought I'd hear myself saying this. I used to think when I owned my own company that everyone needs to adapt to my thought and what I'm all about. Like, here's, <laughs> yeah. our, here's what we're doing. Here's our agenda. You don't like it. You can get the hell out, right? Well, I've learned that that's not really the way to do things, right? And it's, it, take, it took me a long time to, I got I have to treat, um, so like the guys who do the, the, the adjusters have a different mindset than the guys doing the marketing. And they have, the marketing guys have a different mindset than the guys doing the documentation. And I, you, 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 you treat them all great, but you treat them differently. Does that make sense? It and does. It took yeah. me a hell of a long time. You know, I used to think it was a, it's not a democracy. It's my way or the highway. Well, guess what? I can't, I can't do all the work myself. So I've, I'm not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to, I, I've learned the last few years and I want to give my, my partner, Doug, a lot of credit for this to show me the light on this. Like, dude, you got to adapt to what they need and fill the gaps. in. that's why you're the leader and you're, it's just your business. So you, our job is to fill the gaps in where the voids are, not the other way around. And man, if, if every business entrepreneur can see that earlier than later, that's going to help make them better. And I, we try to teach that as well. It's like, guys, you know, my way, the highway don't work anymore. It's, it's not like 1978 anymore. It's, it's a different world. And uh, I've learned that the hard way, unfortunately, but at the same time now, it's really been part of our success is learning how to help. They don't, some people don't know how to ask for help, right? So you have to give them the help, give, give, give them what they need, not, not what they're asking for sometimes, right? That's, that's, it's, it's, it's been a hell of a, it's been a hell of a ride. I'm not going to kid you. Well, you mentioned this. I mean, company culture is first and foremost. Oh. And it's just for those of us that have children, we communicate and with our children differently, things motivate them differently, just like our employees, right? All of them have different values. And so, 100%. you know, out, outside of that side, Jack, I mean, what do you do for fun outside of, you know, living in the trailer with no hot water <laughs> for their job? Well, you know, the, the, so the cool part about my job is we get to travel quite a bit. And I, I love traveling. I'm, I've, been, I've been to Puerto Rico and I'm, we get, I'm going to Nashville next week. So I travel quite a bit. And when I'm out traveling for work, I, you know, I love going to different restaurants and seeing the sights, having a good bottle of wine, playing a great round of golf at a cool golf course and uh, just meeting people all around the country. And it, it's, it's, my job has become, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. And I get to meet a lot of cool people, see a lot of cool spaces. So it's, it's given me a world of opportunity, not just for work, but for my personal life as well. And I have two kids and my daughter graduates next week from U of A. Thank God. Wow. Yeah. That's my awesome. son, my son graduated last year and he's learning the family business now. Uh, begrudgingly, I didn't want to let him in, but he's doing great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, you know, my family, my friends and uh, a good bottle of wine and, and traveling seems to be uh, my, my little, uh, my little, my little solace here. So that's amazing. Well, that's awesome. Well, what's upcoming and exciting for Velocity and, and you, Jack? Ooh, well, we have two huge trainings coming up in Nashville and Dallas. We train other public adjusters. So we have about 25 coming in Nashville, probably have 30 to 40 coming in Dallas. Um, we're actually just starting to uh, hunker down again for the hurricane season coming up here this fall. It's supposed to be tremendous again. We've already started planning for that, which is mind-boggling since we're still doing other hurricane work. So we're actually doing that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, every day we're just trying to do better, grow, and, 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 and be a source, a resource for, number one, our, our consumers and our clients, and even our competitors, um, just to be a resource for everybody, really. So. Well, I can tell you my first call is going to be to Jack, you know, anytime <laughs> I go through that, that PA side, you know, that public Woo! adjustment on the insurance claim. But, you know, for, for those who want to know more, learn more, know where you're at, follow you. I mean, where, uh, where can they find you, Jack? Yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, VPA is on Facebook. Our website, vpa.claims. Um, I always get my cell phone number out, too. So it's 480-766-6565. I get calls 24-7. So, yeah, get a hold of us anywhere you can. Website, Facebook, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, the whole nine yards. So, and our podcast, because experience matters, is on Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, everything. So, pretty cool. 
Well, that's awesome, Jack. I'm gonna we'll make sure to get those in our show notes and uh, uh, for everyone and when we tag you on social media. So again, thank you for making time and just sharing your wealth and knowledge with us today. No, we appreciate it, man. Thank you for having us, man. Keep up the great work out there. Likewise, Jack. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.